Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual. And today we're getting into items involving misplaced modifiers. I know I sound like a radio voice. I can do that sometimes. Can I get a voiceover job? Oh my God, I should be a cartoon character by now. And guys, thank you so much for coming on, man. It is TOEFL ITP day as usual. And we're getting into this bad boy all sexy. So, the, you know, on TOEFL, you end up having these very, very big sentences. And when you have big sentences, it's not about breaking down each sentence. Um, it's about just like eliminating all the bad sentences. So I don't know if I've gone over a positives yet. Hell, I might even go over it again at some point. But this is critical, 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 critical stuff. So what I'm going to do here is break down the items involved in misplaced modifiers and what the hell that even means. We'll do a couple of questions and then we will go from there. So again, we have misplaced structures, examples, corrections. I'm going to break that all down, give you a couple of questions and we'll go from there. This stuff is crazy. All right. So please tune into the blog. Yes, the blog. I did not hesitate the blog okay i did not say it incorrectly the blog on the arseniobuckshow.com so what the hell is a misplaced modifier well it's a participial phrase i know god damn it arsenio there goes another one of those big words i don't know what the hell you're talking about calm down all right i'm gonna help you today i am god for the next 15 minutes and what i'm gonna no no blasphemy uh, and I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk, I'm a, I'm a TOEFL ITB god, okay? Uh, and with that being said, um, there are other items that come before subjects, okay? But it doesn't necessarily refer to the subject. So let me look at, let me give you an example of this sentence, okay? And it's an incorrect one. Make my day round. No, I'm kidding. It actually, I, I just reminded me of that because the way the sentence was actually written, you know, making my way downtown. You guys know that song. Um, but it says here, driving down the road. So that really just, that, that brought me back to that song for some reason. So I apologize for the lack of my singing skills. Driving down the road, comma, a herd of sheep suddenly crossed the road in front of Lisa's car. See, does that make any damn sense? I'll say it one more time. Driving down the road, comma, a herd of sheep suddenly crossed the road in front of Lisa's car. See, this sentence is incorrect because it seems to say that a herd of sheep rather than Lisa was driving down the road. See, the participial phrase is misplaced. The sentence could end up being corrected as I'm about to state right now. As Lisa was driving down the road, comma, a herd of sheep suddenly cross down the road in front of her. See, that all makes sense. And if you know the basic present uh, past continuous followed by an interruption, this is exactly what it is. She was driving down the road and suddenly the interruption was a herd of sheep crossed the road. So this sentence is now correctly written because again, Lisa is the one in the driver's seat instead of the sheep. So we have other misplaced structures, okay? Let me give you an example of a misplaced present participle structure, okay? An example, walking along the beach. Oh my God, every time I hear making my way or walking along, oh my God, okay, focus. Walking along the beach, comma, the ship was spotted by the men. Ah, 
goddamn ship was walking down the beach. See, I knew it. I knew it. That's kind of the news you would hear out of America right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a terrible joke. Um, but the correction, you got to correct it. How would you correct it? Stop. You could press pause on the podcast. Or let me read that sentence one more time. Walking along the beach, comma, the ship was spotted by the men. Pause the podcast. Okay. Now you're back. If you didn't, if you didn't pause it, shame on you. I'm kidding. Stay with me. You want to hear the answer. And hell, I'm going to tell you it. Walking along the beach, comma, the men spotted the ship. Because the men are the subject. They're the ones that were walking. The ship can't walk. So let's get into a past participle. This is an example of a wrong one. Based on this study, comma, the scientists could make several conclusions. Okay, negatory. Now, we're going to leave it based on this study. Fantastic. Okay. Now, again, the, the scientists could make several conclusions. Uh, you guys are like, hey, Bill, maybe that doesn't sound too bad. No, it's supposed to be several conclusions could be made, okay, passive voice, by the scientist. Okay, there it is. You get what I'm saying here? Let's look at a positives, okay? A positives that's basically an, uh, an amount, a little information that's right it's implemented boom put right into the sentence and it's kind of like john comma a man from las vegas comma is going home right so it's just a piece of information with an article and an explanation to what it is right there smack down the middle it's almost like a relative clause without a relative pronoun okay it's just giving a bit of some extra information so that's exactly what i'm going to stay right here in this wrong example a resort city in Arkansas, comma, the population of Hot Springs is about 35,000. So how would, you re how would you rewrite that? Now, normally I would just say Hot Springs, comma, a resort city in Arkansas, comma, has a population of about 35,000, but there's no has in the sentence, in this particular sentence. So what I would do instead, I would put a resort city in Arkansas, comma, Hot Springs has a population of about 35,000. Now, if you want to have double commas, you could put double commas, such as what I just stated out loud. That's what I'm accustomed to. However, a positives, you could use one comma too, just by literally putting this. A resort city in Arkansas, comma, Hot Springs has a population of about 35,000. <laughs> Boom! Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? Fantastic. How about reduced adjective clauses? Here we go. Example, while peeling onions, comma, his eyes began to water. Now, you guys are like, wait, what? While peeling onions? Oh, well, I don't understand. Doesn't that make sense? Hold on. While he was peeling onions. Yes, you're going to have to put the subject and verb in with the while he was peeling onions. You can't just leave that out. While driving down the street, comma, he began to, you see what I mean? These are misplaced modifiers. It's funny because, I mean, I possibly have written this on a number of occasions, not even knowingly, unknowingly, no, uh, unknowingly, knowing that I fuck up. You get it? Unknowingly, knowing that I, get it? Now, you guys can fix it. While he was peeling onions, his eyes began to water. So you're going to leave it the same, but you need that subject and verb in the same clause as while peeling onions. This is the reduced adjective clause. 
How about adjective phrases? So, warm and mild, comma, everyone enjoys the climate of the Virgin Islands. Ooh, who's warm and mild? <laughs> so, let's, let's rewrite this. Everyone enjoys the warm, comma, mild climate of the Virgin Islands, okay? Warm, because next thing you know, if you just say warm and mild, you could be speaking about a woman. And if you think about that, warm and mild, you know, that could be a little bit offensive in some cultures, all right? Don't, don't say that, all right? You gotta write the right adjective phrases to make a little bit more sense so people don't make fun of you and jump all over you talking about, oh, you're an offensive pig, all right? Let's keep it going with the last one. Expressions with like and or unlike. I don't think I've done this yet. I do believe that this is going to be coming up very, very soon. So stay tuned. Again, if you guys are on my TOEFL ITP badge, you see everything already. So congratulations. <sighs> Nonetheless, let's look at this example. And this is what you're not going to write. Like most cities, comma, parking is a problem in San Francisco. Now you guys are like, oh, wait, what? I, I don't understand. Well, again, Parking is a problem in San Francisco. Now, we're, we're not able to put parking as a subject, okay? We need San Francisco as the subject, okay? Parking and it being a problem should be at the end, acting as an object. So it should read like this, like most cities, comma, San Francisco has, okay a parking problem. You guys get what I'm saying? So some of you might say, like most cities, parking is a problem in San Francisco. But the thing is, parking, you're putting parking, which is as a subject of the sentence, rather than San Francisco, which should be the subject of the sentence. So to sum that up, people, structure items with misplaced modif modifiers are easily, like they're very easy to spot. And they generally consist of a modifier at the beginning of a sentence, followed by a comma with the rest of the most of the sentence just completely missing. And that's exactly what I'm going to show you right here, right now, with two sentences. So let's break this down. These are very long sentences. What do I mean by that? You guys are probably like, well, I still don't understand. These sentences, the answers get stem anywhere between six to 10 words. Have you guys seen those sentences in TOEFL before? They pop up from time and time again, okay? Depending on what series you take, all right? So this is very important because you'll probably see this, I don't know, maybe a couple of times. Maybe, maybe. So you need to be prepared is all I'm saying. So let's break this one down. Using a device called a cloud chamber, comma. So again, using a device called a cloud chamber, comma. Do we have a subject? Do we have a verb? We have a, a participle called, but we don't have a subject and we don't have a verb. Now, answer choices would be experimental proof for the atomic theory was found by Robert Millikan, or B, Robert Millikan's experimental proof for the atomic theory was found. Now, normally it would have to read was founded, right? So we can't use that one. Take B out. C, Robert Millikan found experimental proof for the atomic theory, or D, there was experimental proof found for the atomic theory by Robert Millikan. Now, A and B, 
okay? Like I said, are incorrect because the modifiers, such as using a device called a cloud chamber, could not logically refer to the subjects experimental proof and Robert Milliken's experimental proof. Got it? So experimental proof in A, at the beginning of a sentence. B, Robert Milliken's experimental proof, it's not able to coincide with, the, uh, with both of them, right? It has to go first with the subject, Robert Milliken, and then found verb. So it's kind of easy because I'm like, okay, so I get it in this sentence. Okay, subject, verb. B, it's like subject, then adjective, then proof. And then A is like, okay, there's just an adjective and then was, and it needs to read was founded by, right? Was found by, no, it has to read was founded by. And the D is just completely wrong. So let's go over another one of these because you guys are like, oh man, that was confusing as hell. Here we go. Number one, fearing economic hardship, comma. All right. So again, this is the same thing. I always look for that subject verb. It's like a formula I follow. I don't try to overcomplicate uh, uh, over or overcompensate. All right. So what we have is Fear and economic hardship, comma. So we have A, many New Englanders emigrated to the Midwest in the 1820s. B, emigration from New England to the Midwest took place in the 1820s. C, it was in the 1820s that many New Englanders emigrated to the Midwest. Or D, an immigration took place in the 1820s from New England to the Midwest. Guys, if you're complicated, and I know a lot of things you're like, oh my God, this is really complicated. Subject verb, subject verb. D, an immigration took place. Where's the subject? There's no subject. So you guys heard the subject, right? New Englanders. So it's in C and it's in A. So I would immediately take out D because there's no subject. B, immigration from New England to the Midwest took place by who? There's no subject. You didn't tell me who. So B and D is out. So what would I do? Well, again, followed by that, uh, followed by fearing economic hardship, comma, you need the subject right off the bat. Now, if we go to C, it says it was in that subject verb already, 1820s, that many New Englanders, New Englanders, that's another subject. So you have two subjects, negatory. Negatory. The emigrated part is fantastic. This is why using the determiners, such as many New Englanders emigrated, that's a determiner, subject, verb, prepositional phrase, that is all. That's how you do it. And so, okay, let me give you one more. Okay, we're going to make this a little special. Ah, here we go. Guys, you just got to follow. You, it, it, I, I know it's so hard because you're like, well, it's really hard because you're a native speaker. Just listen to me. Listen to me. Rich and distinctive in flavor. What is rich and distinctive in flavor? We need the subject. What the hell could be rich and distinctive in flavor? I'm looking for the subject. What is it? It's got it's to gotta taste like something. And, I, and because I found that, let's see if it's the answer. I could be wrong, but let's see. A, there is, in the United States, a very important nut crop, comma, the pecan. 
B, the most important nut crop in the United States, comma, the pecan. C, farmers in the United States raise pecans, comma, a very important nut crop. Or D, pecans are the most important nut crop in the United States. There it is, guys. That's it. D's your answer. But why? Because we're rich and distinctive in flavor. We need immediately what is rich and distinctive in flavor? Pecans. It must begin the next part of the, of the clause. You can't put it at the end. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Just as we saw fear and economic hardship, okay, who's the subject? New Englanders. Just like going back to, um, what is it, the, the, the first one, using a device called a cloud chamber, who used the device? Robert Milliken, followed by the verb, found. Going back to the second sentence, fear and economic hardship, New Englanders emigrated. Determiner before New Englanders, fantastic. Number two, rich and distinctive flavor. What's rich and distinctive flavor? Pecans, D. That's it is all I'm trying to tell you guys. And with that being said, if you guys want more of these sentences, you already know I got those audio casts, baby. We got nine more questions. That's right, on my TOEFL ITP badge. If you guys enjoyed this, please share it away. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know if you want me to dive a little bit deeper. And guys, it gets a hell of a lot crazier from here. So you better stay tuned for more. Thanks so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. I got a hell of a lot more coming. So again, I'll say it again, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. You better stay tuned. Over and out.